Hi everyone, my name is Trish, the Core Behavioral Therapist, and right now I have here with me Dr. Lemney Perez. Um, and I know Lemney because we went to graduate school together for our doctorates um, at Berkeley. Um, so, hi, hi Trish. <laughs> it's so nice to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. This is just so fabulous you're here. Um, you know, you're kind of like, my mentor, a big sister, when I started graduate school there. So thank you for listening to me and hearing all my concerns and everything. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do um, and as your title for a job and, and everything, Dr. Perez? Thanks. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm Lemony Perez, uh, clinical psychologist by training. Um, currently, I have a, a private practice in life coaching called Pure Lotus Wellness. Uh, and I am serving folks who are experiencing difficulty with adjusting to the pandemic, to yeah. um, just everything that's happening right now. Yeah. And so, um, you know, right after, well, when March hit, you know, I was in the process of getting licensed in New York because obviously we did our, our training in, in California. And so when I came over to New York, I was studying for my exam and and because of COVID, um, the exam got canceled. So I was in the middle of... Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It was devastating. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to start working, New York. And let's put a pause on that. So lots of changes um, and lots of kind of like shifts. And so I decided while I was in the process of, of um, training to do a coaching practice, um, I, I was almost done. So I figured, okay, let's go ahead and start this. Um, and it's been really lovely in terms of being able to apply a lot of the skill sets that we kind of learned and gained as, as clinicians into the field of coaching. So in the meantime, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be of service to others. And that's, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, this is exactly how we're doing it. Um, you know, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And you hail from Washington Heights in, yeah. in New York City. Um, I'm from Queens, New York, so we have that connection as well. Can you um, let us know, um, and is this, what is your NYU connection? Is your business, your private practice in NYU, New York University? Okay, so I am the perpetual student. I love education. <laughs> I have enrolled at NYU. They've got the very first master's program in coaching. Um, nice. And so I'm going to be attending there in the fall. Um, so that's why NYU is on my LinkedIn profile. Um, but you were asking about Washington Heights. Uh, this neighborhood is near and dear to me. I was born and raised here and in the Dominican Republic, as well as in Hoboken, New Jersey. Hoboken. And <laughs> Shout out to Hoboken, Jersey. Shout out to the Red Wings. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm back home in the Heights. It's been about two years and it's, it's, a, it's a different place. Um, the gentrification has really taken me aback. This was something that I was familiar with, you know, experiencing during my 15 years in Oakland. Um, but this was different because this is home, right? And then you, you kind of see yourself, your culture, your people becoming um, footsteps, you know, um, just, just uh, kind of like shadows, you know. And so this is very interesting to see your, your history disappearing right before your eyes. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Um, remember back to the future, you know, and, and like the, the family members start to come out of the picture. Like, I wonder what's going to be left. So it's, it's been, it's been different to be in the hood, you know, after all these years, um, 
and all these travels. Right. Yeah. How, what does that do? How does that affect you? Because it's been happening in California too, where neighborhoods are changing um, pretty much all across America or Northern America. How, what, how do you cope with something like that? You being a psychologist, clinical psychologist, and in the mental health field, how do you sure. cope with something like this? You know, that's, that's a really good question. I, th I think that one of the places that I go to resource myself is my, my spiritual practice. You know, and for me, you know, I'm a, I'm a practicing Buddhist. And, and okay. one of the, you know, one of the things that's, that's I'm imperative. Christian, and we get along. <laughs> we get along. We love you know? We get along. That's right. You know, and so like, how, how do I love others? How do I um, manage to kind of channel um, these feelings of, of frustration and anger and desperation um, and resentment and try to kind of um, look at that and understand it, right? And, and try to see what's that impact on me um, and how that can be continuously damaging, not just for myself, but for others. So how, how do I cope with this? You know, it, I, every time that I, I walk down my neighborhood um, and I see you know, um, white folks coming down with their families, you know, and, and I'm kind of like, I'll look and I'll say, what would it be like if that were me? You know, what if I'm the only one in a neighborhood that kind of looks like this, you know, and obviously we're not in the same shoes. There's different privileges afforded, you know, while we're walking in those shoes. However, you know, the golden rule, you know, I keep kind of going back to, I want to treat others the way that I want to be treated. You yeah. know, how, how do we open ourselves? In fact, you know, I, I started filming a, a, a documentary film on um, gentrification in Washington Heights. So that's how I've been coping with it. Wow. That's, that's beautiful. Can you tell us about your documentary about um, gentrification in Washington Heights? Absolutely. So it's called 162 Departed. Um, and I've been interviewing different people um, in my block. So basically the neighborhood that I've been living in, especially my block consists of about four or five buildings of people that have been mostly living here for about 40 to 50 years. So it's a really tight knit community of people who really know each other for generations of, of Dominican neighbors and people of color who right. have kind of collaborated and lived together and created space, you know? And so when I interview you know, my neighbors, and I asked them, what do they think about the gentrification? You know, they say, well, it's nice to have diversity in the neighborhood, right? right. This is lovely, you know? However, like, it's just really disappointing when they leave within two years, you know, and they don't stay, you know, and it's just kind of like... What's this? Wow, so can you talk more about that? Because that's an interesting take, interesting take on it, the fact that they're people are voicing, well, what happens when they leave in two years? Yeah, because it's kind of like you're, you're creating community and you're, you're establishing these, these relationships. And then, you know, they're, they're short-lived and, yeah. and folks get up and go. So like the transientness of yeah. this has really kind of like impacted folks. So it's not so much that people are against, you know, other people coming in. I think people are frustrated with the fact that like, um, the rents have gone up, obviously, right. you know, and um, that once you leave the neighborhood, no one's coming back, you know, because you can't afford, you know, the rent or having experiences of even my mother who, you know, um, was taken to court, you know, and now she has this apartment that's rent controlled, 
which she's been living in for 45 years, you know? So like we have this culture of renting, of not purchasing, of not owning our own, right. you know, um, because of the ties that we have to the culture um, and to the community. I mean, my mom doesn't have to speak English when she goes to the store, you know, she doesn't right. have to drive a car, you know, um, and just kind of like thinking of all the things in which she can have her identity and continue to function, you know, and thrive, yeah. um, you know, with, with what she has. And, and if she were booted out of this neighborhood, you know, how would she be able to replicate that? And that's happening to a lot of people in this community. And that part is very violent and sad and unfortunate because right. not only is it, it it's, it's, um, it's capitalism that's kind of, you know, destroying communities and, and profit over humans. It's, yeah. a, it's a really sad state of affairs. That's, it is a very sad state of affairs. And there's so many issues that come up community. Um, I'm assuming some immigration issues, um, especially. So the, for uh, people who don't know, Dominican Republic is in the islands, just like how Trinidad, where my parents are from, Trinidad and Tobago, it's in the Caribbean, their island, um, we're island folk. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, the, the beautiful thing about New York City and in Washington Heights is that you do have pockets of different neighborhoods where people do come from the islands in different countries and it is a tight-knit community. And um, I'm so curious because what, how, not that you represent all Latinas or the Latin community, um, Latinx community, but you mentioned community. How, it, how would you describe racism in the Latin community? Um, with the gentrification with, and with Black Lives Matter, everything that's happening now, how would you describe it? Mm -hmm. This is a great question because, um, you know, one of the one of my, my research interests is in colorism, ethnic identity development among Dominicans um, in Washington Heights, particularly yeah. women, um, and uh, exploring different um, aspects of how beauty constructs impact um, self esteem related to these ethnic ideals, right? Uh, and so. Yeah. I think that at least for Dominicans, one of the things that we've been really um, going back and forth with in, in our community is, is the issue of, of integrating our blackness into our ethnic identity mm -hmm. um, and this othering of our black identity um, that happens a lot in, in the Dominican community. So um, the impact of, of colonization, you know, and, and internalized racism Right. Um, is something that's huge. And so there's been lots of movements um, with the Dominican Writers Association, with Word Up Books, um, Uptown, different types of collectives um, in the area that have been um, organizing and going out uh, for, awesome. yeah, going out to protest and, and really um, align with that. Um, I think there's also been lots of different, um, uh, how would I say this? Uh, different initiatives to address not the the um, the colorism amongst us Dominicans right. um, and recognizing the privileges that come with having a fair skin tone and how people are treated differently you know depending on you know um, the color of their skin and so they this is something that's global you know this is something that not just only uh, you know impacts like the US but this yeah. is this is you know, it's all over the colonies, all over the West Indies. This is something that has affected all of us. So, you know, we, we have our fair challenges and 
and and we are trying to at the best of our ability come into conversation with healing those parts of ourselves you know um that have been really impacted by violence that's, you know yeah that's so that's so true like i know in the indian community um some famous bollywood actresses actually um got um basically got condemned and people were speaking up against them because some of them were advertising skin lightening cream mm -hmm. right but then they're saying black lives matter and saying this is wrong and that's uh, absolutely great i'm happy that everyone pretty much is mostly everyone is coming together to speak against black lives matter but people also saw especially in the indian community people saw the hypocrisy of, well, you're selling lighter is more beautiful. You're selling skin products that are, are skin lightening that's supposed to be more beautiful, but yet you're contradicting yourself by saying Black Lives Matter. And then other people are saying, well, hey, at least they're standing up for, for, black, uh, for black people, African-Americans in this country. So it's really interesting you said that, like different cultures, it's as if the more Eurocentric you look, the more Eurocentric features you have, you're considered more beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like you said, colonization, it, come, it comes from way back in the day. Um, can you speak about, thank you so much for bringing that up, by the way, that's something big, a big talk, topic. Um, you spoke about the protests and, and whatnot. Have you participated in any or have you been protesting in different ways? If so, what have you been doing? Okay, um, so in, in terms of, of activism, I think that the way that I'm active is my healing practices. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's all spiritual. You gotta, yeah, I hear you. It's, it's all connected. You know, I, I, um, I've been, I've been active in our, in our field and in our profession. Um, yeah. currently right now, um, I am, uh, the international division 52 of psychology. Um, has created a task force for COVID, um, and I have decided to step up and chair um, the service delivery um, subgroup of that task force. And That's awesome, Lemmy. Absolutely. My, you know, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to serve. And so what's really wonderful is, is that working globally with psychologists and, and all these other um, so mental health professionals globally from around the world, and we're kind of trying to figure out what are the best ways to conceptualize what's what's happening right now from different um, from different cultural um, models and and lenses and and looking at things um, you know the the Western world is looking at this from a different lens than you know let's say an indigenous uh, group in the Amazon right, right. where where the where the you know the the virus itself is another living moving being with yes. which to coexist you know and I, and like then how on earth did it get all the way there you know that's what i'm thinking like and i've been to the amazon and it is in the middle of nowhere i've been there and it's just how on earth did covid get there how did it get there <laughs> right. it's this universal thing right that yeah. it's like everyone and it impacts everyone differently and everyone has a different relationship with that. So, you know, depending on how you look at it, how are you going to approach it and how are you going to heal from it? If it's, you know, impacting you in a negative or, you know, um, damaging form. So this is one of the things that we're exploring, you know, as, as, a, as a collective group of psychologists, um, you know, in terms of 
I'm also volunteering at this other network. It's called COVID Care Network NYC. Um, and it's about 3,000 um, volunteers. Yeah. Um, and what we're doing there is we're connecting um, uh, first responders, um, the uninsured, and their family members with free services, um, uh, whether they, that be a psychiatrist or a mental health clinician or clergy, um, a spiritual service worker, anything like that. Um, we're providing services, and so I'm receiving um, referrals and, and seeing people in that way. I have a pretty bad autoimmune situation. Right now, I'm, I, I have an outbreak, so I'm taking care of myself and really quarantining. Um, and so I, 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 leave, I leave for others, you know, to continue the fight in the ways that they best see, you yeah. know, and everyone, you know, is doing their part in some way, shape, or form. Um, and, and I'm, yes. I'm sorry to hear that you're going through that. Um, thank you for even being here and talking to me about this. Can you say the name of the organization again? That was so powerful. COVID, um, something, co-defense, what's it? Sure. It's called COVID Care Network NYC. Mm-hmm. And, and please. Oh, and I, I just heard so many fabulous things. You're, you're, you guys are basically giving services to first responders and to people um, what I'm hearing from other marginalized populations or people who need um, assistance. This is fabulous. How, if people want to get in touch, do you have a website or do you have any information? Sure. Folks can go um, to NYC COVID Care Network mm -hmm. and find more information where they can, um, you know, fill out um, a questionnaire. Um, it's in several different languages. Um, so for those who are not non-English speakers, um, can also access these services. Um, they're really wonderful work. Um, it's a grassroots network. It just started up about three months ago. Um, really positive and energetic and altruistic folk who decided to do something when the pandemic hit. Uh, and so they're, they're still doing that work there. You know, Trish, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, how do we stay healthy? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know, this is a mental health podcast and I'd like you to give some tips if you may. Uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically healthy. How people listening out there, how can they stay healthy during these times of COVID and Black Lives Matter? How can people stay healthy? Mm -hmm. This is this is a wonderful this is a wonderful question because there's you know <laughs> if you have a tool belt, not everything is going to work when when you want it to, right? Right. And so it's nice to have a compendium of things to kind of like select from because not everything works at the same time for the same situation. So having the understanding. Um, to have uh, patience, I guess, with ourselves and, and practicing self-compassion. And that might look in so many different ways. Oh, I um, love that. Self-compassion and patience. Love that. Yes. Self-compassion and patience with a situation. Um, the fact that, you know, one of the things that really kind of like helps me is, is the fact that life is impermanent. Everything is constantly changing. Um, and if I can continue to remind myself of that fact as a practicing Buddhist, or as just as a human being, you yeah. know, that this too shall pass, that things are, are different, you yeah. know, and so I try to be present and observe what's happening, um, and to experience my feelings and my emotions fully. I think one of the, the, the things that some of us struggle with is not feeling fully what we're having, what we're experiencing, you know, and, and sometimes it is hard to cry, because we, we don't have the emotional space, we have to continue and be strong, you know, and, and continue with life. Um, you know, lest we fall apart. And sometimes we just have to fall apart. 
<laughs> you know, to fall apart and just sit there and cry, take it in and just have a good cry. People yeah. don't really talk about that. And it's as if people want to push things aside. Some people want to push things aside. I, I believe that people sitting with their feelings and letting it out and crying it out is a good thing. It's therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, otherwise it stays and it doesn't move, you right. know? And so it, and it just continues to fester and, you, you know, we, we have to process it out. You know, it's, it's, there's no other way, but through, you know, that's the only way you get out. There's no other way, but through process it out. I love that. And in your way, you're doing it spiritually as well because you're a practicing Buddhist. Absolutely. Well, you know, and one more thing that I want to say, if I may, is um, I, I, one of the things that's really important for me during, during all this difficulty is, is maintaining connection. You know, um, yeah. you know, isolation is, is awful. It's, it's not normal to our human condition. We are social beings, right. you know, and so this, this has been really thrown a wrench into things. So one of the things that I've been doing is, is connecting. I gather up my friends, you know, from college that I haven't seen in 10 years. It's like, let's get on Zoom. Let's go do that. You know, right. I am joining. I just finished the workshop at Word Up Bookstore to draw cartoons, created wonderful community with, you know, excellent artists. Right, right, right now, um, the Dominican Writers Association has, you know, find what you like, find what you love, you know, if you can. And, and obviously this is difficult because when there's depression, when there's anxiety, your focus is off, you know, you, you, you have absolutely, we have one thing called anhedonia, which means like, you, you just don't feel like doing the things that you used to regularly like. And this is one of the symptoms and like issues with depression, right? So if this is happening to you, 100% completely normal in what's happening today, right? Yeah. Um, but if, if this is something that like you want to kind of like work through, like what's the end goal? Connection, not isolating. And so like being so in community good. with others, yeah, in, in spaces and doing things that you appreciate and love, like that, that really creates like a shift you know, from, so from all that's happening. It totally creates a shift. That is so powerful. Dr. Lemony Perez, everyone, founder of Pure Lotus Wellness and director of Global Healing at Gratitude Alliance. She's got a lot of stuff going on. Um, can you say the name of um, the documentary? So again, so when it comes out, we'll look out for it. Absolutely. It's called 162 Departed. Awesome. And if people want to get in touch with you, because you, you are a wealth of information, um, if people would like to get in touch with you, do you have um, any contact information or an Instagram or sure. social media? Yeah, please. You can reach me at purelotuswellness.com. That's my webpage. And if you'd like to email me, you can find me at dr.lem at purelotuswellness at gmail.com. Dr. Lemony Perez, everyone, thank you so, so much. And shout out to the Dominicans out there in Washington Heights. We got a, you got a great doctor here, clinical psychologist. Um, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> thank much. Thank you, Trish. Thanks, Trish, for holding <laughs> us down. Much success to you. Much success to you, too. Thank Bye. You. Bye. <laughs>